Welcome to Knowledge Drop, our podcast about science, technology, and engineering. I'm Derek. And I'm Hayden. All right, Hayden, what are we going to be talking about this week? Man, we've got some crazy stuff. So we're talking about how humans and robots one day are just going to be one and the same. So, man, I just want to jump into it. There's so much out there right now, right now that exists that's already like so insane that, you know, a lot of people don't know about these things, you know, yet because they're so new, but they are going to absolutely change the world. Um, (laughs) We... (laughs) We are going to become robots for your information. Before we get into that, though. No, that's super exciting. I, <laughs> I definitely can say I don't know a ton about this. So I'm, I'm excited to see like, what I can learn from what, you, what you're going to you know, be teaching me and stuff. Yeah, there's so much more than I thought. Like, so many more advances than I, than I had even considered. And some in, insane engineering, some feats of engineering. So... Yeah. We'll definitely get into that. Um, but before we jump in, why don't we just, you know, let's get warmed up. Let's hear your fun fact. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to read this one because the wording of it confuses me if I have to like remember it. And okay. so a year on Venus is shorter than a day. Uh, shorter. What? <laughs> it takes 243 days to make one rotation but only 225 days to go around the sun for Venus. Uh, what? So a year is what it takes for you to go all the way around the sun. Okay. And a yeah. day is how long it takes for you to make one full rotation. Correct. Of the, planet. Yes. the planet takes um, 243 days of like earth time to make one rotation. It's on its so, axis. It's so slow that it takes 243 huh. of our days to make one of their of, of Venus day. But and then and then around the sun it takes 225 of Earth days to make one Venus year. So a year is shorter than a day. That's what you said? Yes. Cause that really didn't register at first. I was I like, see, that's what I mean is like, it's such a weird like idea to wrap your head around the fact that like, there's no, what? what? Yeah. That throws everything off in my mind. Yeah. Um, it, and what's funny is there's a book I read called red Mars and they're in the book. They talk about, um, colonizing, colonizing, um, other planets and, um, they hit Venus with an asteroid just barely so that like just kind of hits the edge of it to make it spin faster so they have more of like a <laughs> an earth day like a top funny. Like, like a quarter spinning on a table and you just flick it yep you yep, just keep exactly flicking it, like flicking it. <laughs> I'm sure that works you'd have to ha- hit it with something so huge I that seems crazy well, it was an asteroid, and it and it is orbital mechanics, and so like it did work. Yeah. Oh, okay. sorry, it wasn't Red Mars. It was um, another book by the same author, um, by called Twenty Three Twelve. Okay. Um, just if anybody wanted to correct me. Yeah. 
Um, that is so weird to think about. It's, it's mind blowing. So like, let's say, so a day for us is, Hey, the sun comes up and then when it's in the very highest point, we say, okay, that's like the middle of the day. That's noon. And then when it goes down and it's dark again, okay, that was a full day. So on Venus, a full day, like of rising and setting of the sun, basically where the sun is, is almost like months of the year or like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's it's so much longer that it's like, where's this, you know, what time of (laughs) year is it? Well, the sun is, you know, it's kind of low in the sky. So it's probably close to the end of the, but then how can you say it's close to the end of the year? Because then your whole it's, it's not year the end of the year be because off. yeah it's all different you'd have to reverse it and say that one sun up sundown was a year and that one rotation around the sun was a day will that work <laughs> i don't know man I, I, yeah <laughs> um, i don't want to think totally too hard lost about yeah don't um don't think about it too hard something else that's cool in that book is because the rotation is so slow the city that they have on the planet it's built on these giant metal tracks and the expansion, so because Venus is closer to, oh, sorry, never mind. I'm totally misremembering this entire book. It was Mercury <laughs> that I'm thinking of. So never mind, disregard. So not Venus. Okay. No, no. Not relevant. All right. All anyway, right. back into the uh, the more interesting topic for today. Yeah, well, that was pretty cool, actually. I didn't know that, and now it makes you really stop and think. But, uh, you know, we earth privileged people, we put everything in earth's perspective, you know, Yep. measure everything in earth days. It's not how they roll on Venus. Um, okay. So let's get into it. Um, I want to start with, so at MIT, they have a new surgical technique that allows a person to receive feedback from their prosthetic so that because in a lot of prosthetic um, cases, you have what's called, um, what's it called? Phantom limb menace. <laughs> oh, wait, no, what did I just say? No, it's, no, yeah, I've, it's I've not heard that. Of that. It's phantom limb. Phantom limb syndrome, right? Not oh, menace. Yeah, I have I'd, no idea why yeah. I said menace. Um, but yeah, so it feels like when you have a prosthetic limb, it feels like you still have fingers and stuff, but you don't you know, and that really bothers people. I mean, I can imagine that would really bother me. Like some people even say that they feel like itching on their finger or in between their fingers. That would be the worst. When they no longer have fingers, you know, they don't even have an arm. And uh, so that's, that's weird to think about, but it's because your arm has muscle pairings all along, like wherever you would cut off that amputation, there's muscle pairings all along there. And if those muscles aren't paired anymore, then the electronic signals from your brain will still be sending signals, but you're, you've only got one half of the pair pretty much. So that's why it's kind of like a phantom feeling. When you say muscle pairings, are you saying that like at the top in my shoulder, there's a muscle like connection and then as it yeah. goes down my arm, it splits into two and then it rejoins itself at my elbow. Is that like a muscle pairing that you're talking about? The two ends of a muscle that. Yes. So, okay. I mean, if you cut a rope anywhere, you'd have two ends 
that are a perfect pair to each other if you could perfectly put them together. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure if if there's something deeper there to muscle pairing, but um, I think that's all it really means is that you've got two halves of something, the other half is no longer there, the signal can't, it's not reaching its destination anymore, you know? Um, so they've developed a way to basically graft muscle from another part of the body to complete the muscle pair, which also reduces rejection and increases feeling. So people are actually starting to get what's called, um, they're calling it feedback. Pretty much it's the sensation of feeling when you're having a, when you're moving your prosthetic. So when you move your fingers around or you open and close your fist, they're actually feeling it as if it was your arm. I mean, and that's all because they've completed, um, they're taking muscle graft from other parts of the body and they're completing those muscle pairs so that when you're moving those digits in a certain way, you're activating those muscle pairs still. So you're still getting a sensation of feeling. I mean, it's, it's not going to be exactly the same yet, but it's the beginning of the fact that you can actually feel your prosthetic limb and it's not just, you know, it doesn't feel dead. So are they able, like, aren't there still going to be missing pair muscle pairs? Like, wouldn't that make the phantom limb thing like worse? Yeah. It, what do you mean? Cause I mean, they're not going to have, are they able to like complete every muscle pairing that's missing? Yeah. That's what they do. Oh, really? So there would be any phantom limb syndrome stuff going on. Either it's completely gone. Well, what they're saying is not only is it gone, but it's you're replaced able to feel with again. A, a feeling that you're actually grabbing something. Wow. That's really cool. Or that you're actually stepping on something, you know? So mm-hmm. pretty crazy stuff. And your mind immediately can go to, yeah, I mean... Well, my mind automatically goes to like Star Wars. You get your hand chopped off. It's really not a big deal. Like you get that robotic arm. It's working just as good, if not better than your human. Exactly. Arm. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was really cool. And then I kept going. I found a thing. Uh, there's a TED talk by this guy called Neil Harbison. I'm um, now entering a different phase of what's called transhumanism. So first step would be feeling your prosthetic limbs. Another step would be, well, maybe not another step, but um, another advance, I would say, is fixing all the things that go wrong with our human body. So one of those is colorblindness. Mm-hmm. And this okay. guy, uh, Neil Harbison, he has a really cool TED talk. He had a, a sensor implanted in his head in 2003, so 17 years mm-hmm. ago. And the sensor, um, it's so weird. I, I'm not even exactly sure how this works. Because the sensor, what it does when he looks at a certain color, the sensor vibrates a distinct vibration in his skull 
for each color. So like if he looks at pink, there's a vibration in his skull specifically for pink, the color pink. That would and if he looks at it, if he looks at blue, but it's it's so subtle that it, it he's not like he's feeling it. So it's so subtle because it's vibrating his skull. It's not like it's not like shaking his head. Not like a cell phone buzzer or cell no, phone. No, it's so it's so subtle that it's just a feeling. Like hmm. that's what he says is that it's like when he looks at the color blue, his eyes can't perceive the color, but he feels that it's blue. <laughs> so, so he doesn't see color he feels color <laughs> yeah it's That's so a cool crazy. concept it's called uh bone conduction oh so, yeah i've heard of that they do that with okay. um with headphones so like oh really they're so right behind your ear there's like your skull obviously sure but it's it's close to your skin's not as thick and so you can put um like a device in there that um it vibrates, but it's not something that you can feel on your skin. It's something that you're, is transmitted to your bone and yeah. the bone is what creates the vibration. Yeah. So that, that's what I was trying to explain, but <laughs> oh, okay. a great job. I, I got it's, you. So he, he basically modified these headphones that will, I don't know if instead of him, music, it will be this like color, color code thing. Yeah. So, in a weird way, he can like, he's not really colorblind because he can tell exactly what each color is. Now, I didn't look through all of it. I'm not sure how the chip or whatever knows which color he's looking at and what moment. I'm not sure about that, but um, I need to look into that a little more. I'm pretty sure it has a, a simple explanation, but uh Anyway, I just thought that was really cool and a simple fix to like a problem that's been around for since humanity. So Yeah, well, what's funny, you mentioned that it reminds me of an article I read that there are lots of people starting to experiment with these kinds of like um, seeing, they're changing their their senses to do different things. So mm -hmm. like there was this one guy, He, I think he was blind but he got an implant that helped him to um, see or to smell light. <laughs> what? So like he can, or there's something, I don't know. There's, there's like, the, there were a few different article or there was a few different um, parts of this article that talked about these people that are doing experiments of like, I can kind of what you're saying is I can hear color. And uh, mm -hmm. there's another guy that, um, it's it's even hard to say because it's like it doesn't make sense. It was something to do with taste. It was like he could taste feeling feelings, oh, wow. like the like instead of your fingers feeling, he could taste when something was touching his hands. I I don't it's know. Like, it the way you said that, I was like, he can yeah like he if can taste if his happiness. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> if you're really mad around him, he's gonna know. Like yeah. Oh, what is that? Ooh. No, but it was it was you for himself. Over. It was it wasn't for others. That would be amazing. But uh, oh, <laughs> he's like, I taste blood right now. I'm furious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that would be uh, interesting. No, yeah, but yeah, that, it was cool. There's people out there that are actively like, 
I'm telling you, they're just looking for every little thing to inject into themselves to try and like enhance their senses mm-hmm. or change their senses. They're doing like these physical experiments on themselves. It's really crazy. Um, a lot of companies right now want to do what's called radio frequency identification chips. The RFID. Yeah. That's what the, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I've heard of those. Which are popping up around a lot of places in the world. Um, there's a company called dangerous things, which in parentheses, I would just say that's sketchy. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Well, people are already kind of like sketched out by, you know, just like the classic, like government wants to chip us. So they know where we are and blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh so you're company, saying this company wants to put these RFID chips in us. Yes. And they name themselves dangerous things. <laughs> it's that just kind of like, I feel like the marketing par- department is going to be like kind of having a hard time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, trust us. This is safe. We're going to cut you open. It's cool. And yeah, our name is dangerous things, but you know, we just like to live on the edge. Um, but yeah, so they're using these chips, right? And they're putting them like in your wrist, in your finger. Um, and you can use it to identify yourself. So like a form of ID, you can use it to make payments. So like instead of Apple Pay, like scan your phone, you would just scan your finger or scan your wrist or whatever. I wonder how old that company is because um, facial recognition has gotten so good that like I I read an article about how in China there was a store that opened up that they were using the facial recognition of customers. So you just walk in, you grab what you need and you walk out and it scans your face and charges your, your uh, that information. Is insane. That's really crazy. And it's not invasive. So I'm wondering like, is this an old company or what? Cause I mean, there are well, other things that I, could think of to do with RFID chips, but they say you can unlock doors. Yeah, I I have seen that one because a lot of people put them um, on their keychain, little RFID chips, so that when they're like approaching their house, the door opens or the lights turn on. Right, or something. right. But it would just—it's just becoming like it goes from your phone to—it just keeps getting closer and closer to the body, you know, mm-hmm. technology, and now. It seems like we're at a stage where people are like, well, it's already so much a part of me. Why not make it a part of me? just makes mm-hmm. my life easier. Yeah, that's why I, um, Elon Musk's company, Neuralink, um, I don't know if you're going to be talking about them. but So I put a little asterisk and I was like, leave your own episode for Neuralink. Because <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll that's talk a big about Neuralink because that is a, a big deal. You're right. Um, I I felt like that was big enough a deal that I would just leave that out because there's so much already. I'll just say this one thing. Um, So like the point of Neuralink is to develop artificial intelligence, but not by itself. It's supposed to be integrated into the human body, into your body. And so one of the things that came out earlier this year was that, or was it last year? I can't remember but they are developing basically a sewing machine that will implant these tiny, tiny sensors into the top of your skull so that you can communicate with this 
computer, this AI. Oh man. And so we, we yeah, we, we need to dive into that deeper in another episode. Cause that's yeah, just for sure. I'm sure we'll get there, but it's, it's right around that ballpark, you know, um, people are like you mentioned, um, chips in your ear, right? So the same thing with RFID, they're thinking about, they're actually doing, um, small biomagnets that you can put into your, uh, outer ear just outside the ear canal. And, um, it basically works like a subdermal headset. So vibrating and creating sound via an electromagnetic field that's created when an audio signal sent to an electromagnetic coil worn around your neck basically works like an, a, a headset. So you huh. receive a call and that call um, is, man, I'm trying to imagine how this would work exactly. But between the coil around your neck and the implant in your ear, you would receive the call. I'm not sure. I think by the coil and then the coil would communicate electromagnetic field via electromagnetic field to your implant in your ear and would basically work as your headset. You can answer that call and just talk normally and then Mm -hmm. hang up whenever you want to. I wonder if they were thinking about putting the, the coil around your neck, like implanting it in your, in your neck. You know what I mean? So that it's a totally, the article I, I, the article that I read said worn. Um, mm-hmm. I assume that would be outside, but like I said, well, everything's just getting closer and closer to yeah, you. Yeah, you, you know? want to be able to At some not point. have to carry around another thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because like that was the thing with Neuralink is our phone is basically a part of us. Like how many of us right go somewhere without our phone? Yeah, and so it's like technology is becoming a part of us, and that's why like Google glass was supposed to be this life changing thing because you didn't have to carry it around in your pocket. You could wear it and you could, it could alter what you were seeing. And they're still you know, going with that. Oh, are they? I, I guess they, I guess they just came out with one. I think it was actually, Oh, it, I think it was actually um, Apple though, that they're actually working on that. But uh, I can look Ooh. more into that later. But they're they're still going for it for That's sure. Cool. Um, so, oh, just a quick tidbit. So these researchers, um, they have, and I can't remember where the researchers were from, but uh, they were able to send a message using only brain waves from France to India. Um, like over the yes. internet yes but wow. they were able to send a message and that message was uh, received by a computer translated and then the person could understand what they were saying just using their brain hmm. so they're thinking things so that what right now they just sent the word hello mm-hmm. but you send the word hello in your mind the brain the machine takes those impulses is able to interpret them, sends them away. The computer receives them, interprets them again, and then spits out what the message is. Um, and I think that the other person was also wearing a headset, so it was mind-to-mind communication. They were able to just think what they wanted to think, 
and it was successfully interpreted on the other side. And this was transcontinental. So let me, let me just reiterate that. So I understand. I think I'm confused. Each of them had a headset on and the headset was simultaneously reading the signals from the brain that were telling it a message. Mm -hmm. And electric um, impulses from your brain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were understanding that message, or at least they were able to take that information and transfer it to another headset worn by another individual. Yeah. Probably into a computer code next. Yeah. Yeah. Or some sort of software that could understand those impulses. And so the other guy wearing the, the headset felt this message in his now, mind and was able to understand what it was. Is that right? Okay. So I left out a part. It's that they converted it into a series of flashes. And this series of flashes, this guy was able to decode that he was saying hello. So I'm not exactly sure if they had set up like this amount of flashes is this letter and this like amount a Morse of flashes code is... kind of thing. Yeah. That type mm, of thing. Yeah. Cause now I'm like, it seems like it's just, it's not so much mind to mind because it's, it's mind. My message is sending a Morse code through this headset to a light flasher thingy on my headset that then you understand the light flashes as XYZ signal. But that's communication. That's all we're really doing at the end of the day, though. That's true. Because if you and I speak different languages, we're not going to get each other either. So there's always an interpretation of some sort going on. And if I use a word that you're not regionally used to, then I'll have to translate for you anyway. Yeah. I guess I was just confused because I was like, you'd still be hearing or seeing the message that you would then interpret into your brain. You wouldn't have like a direct brain to brain um, messaging system. It's not like you're hearing that person's voice in your head go, hello, you know, (laughs) it's not like speaking. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it's not exactly like that yet. I always like to add a little yet at the end. Um, But there is like an interpretation going on. I think the most impressive thing is from the human to the machine, that the machine knows what you're trying to say and is able to successfully communicate that on the other side. I think that's probably the most impressive part. No, that is cool. And, you know, little things like this are progress and eventually it's going to build up to something really amazing. Just the fact that he thought a word and somebody who was thousands of miles away was able to understand that word, whatever means that was, you know, well, I see, think it's I th- pretty impressive. I think it's star, even, you know? see, the distance doesn't even phase me. I think it's amazing that yeah. you, like they were able to take something, the impulse, the electrical impulses in his brain, and they're able to communicate them through another medium other than his mouth. Yep. And like he didn't have to control any part of his face or his body to communicate something that was in his mind. Well, so that's, what if you're cool what if you're part. paralyzed, but your mind still works? Yeah, like like you Stephen, know what I mean? Stephen Hawking. Like, even if you could Hawkins. only speak in your mind, 
but you could still speak to people, even if it was just a series of flashes or whatever. I think that's amazing, you know, and it's a start, right? I think it is impressive though, that they were transcontinental because it would have been less impressive to me if it was like, yeah, we did this in a lab with two huge robots right next to each other, but we kind of had to be in the same room. Sure. It's, yeah. It's not gonna work. Yeah, so they you. were able to take advantage of the fact that like, yeah, we need to be able to be, it needs to be like a cell phone, you know, like we don't need to start that small. Like we, we need to make this uh, in the airwaves or whatever. So I just thought that was really cool as a little add in like, yeah, we're doing this as well. We're also starting to communicate with our minds. Um, last but not least, I got a couple of things and uh, kind of in the same realm. So the first one is called, um, oh man, I don't know what the suit is called, but it's powered by Sarcos Robotics. And uh, it's a, it's an exoskeleton. Mm, I love exoskeletons. So cool. That's what it, that's what Iron Man is. Yeah, essentially. Um, I mean, I guess if you want to go by Tony Stark's definition in Iron Man 2, that it's an advanced prosthetic. <laughs> yeah. But, full body prosthetic. Yeah. I think it, it's an exoskeleton. Prosthetic for what? I guess I'd never thought of it that way. Well, I You're I think the curious. argument he was making in the in the scene was that like Iron Man is an extension of Tony Stark, not that oh, Iron, Iron Man, Man 2, is yeah, right? sorry, Iron Man 2. Yeah. 2 um, 3 cuz he's in court. Yes. With um yes. the Justin Hammer and the Hydra guy, but we don't know that yet. Um <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to derail no, you with a uh, Marvel reference. Totally fine. Um, so after talking about Iron Man, it's kind of less exciting to talk about this. But uh, if we combine a lot of these things, you start to get a picture of like Iron Man's real. Like it can really be real. Um, this exoskeleton, it looks more like a, uh, oh, there's a movie with Matt Damon. Also, the movie with Tom Cruise, where have you seen that one where he keeps dying over and over? Yeah. Yes. That's or, a cool yeah, one. it's Edge of Tomorrow. So it looks a little bit, reminds me a little bit more of that type of thing. Okay. Um, so it's it hydraulic. Really cool. Yeah. Okay. And right now, I mean, the level that they've produced it at, it gives you about 20 times your normal strength. So. <laughs> Only 20 times. <laughs> yeah. So 100 pounds feels like five pounds, pretty much. Well, I mean, if it's 20 times your strength, that means if I can lift five pounds, I'm, you can I can actually pounds. lift 100 pounds. Correct. Yes. Okay. So it's weird because I don't know. I mean, we're probably just a little bit too... Uh, addicted to science fiction but i was watching this video and it's like this guy's like oh yeah i mean right now it's just construction and factory work you know mostly that type of stuff 
jobs where you're picking up heavy objects all day and all night, you know, makes it really easy because now you're picking up a 200 pound object, but it's, it's not a problem at all, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. But I'm like, well, even the person doing the interview with the CEO of Sarcos, he was like, so does this have any military application or oh, is that ever going to happen? Uh, and not everything it, has to be used by the military. Well, I will say though, what he said, um, and what I would say is that the military actually funded their initial project back in like 2000. Yeah. So yeah. if it wasn't for the military funding, they would have at least not gotten off the ground for a much longer time. Yeah. And so just the military clear, does its thing. Yeah, I have nothing against the military. I'm just like, why do we have to try and weaponize every new technology that we come across? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you Iron build Man the Iron Man like, suit, and it's someone the greatest weapon of all one. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just escalates from there. Should have gotten a patent on that a little sooner. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but, sorry. Uh, continue. No, yeah, I just, I just thought it was really cool. They're not really using it for much else. Uh, I guess I think some companies have picked it up. Just like, yeah, we'll use this. But uh, well, I mean, you could use that really easily in your job. You were just saying the other day that you have to move around like 350 pound parts. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we do. So I was actually thinking, like, instead of using the crane that we have. They would just be like, hey, don't forget to use the mech suit. If you if you do, you'll get written up. So use the suit. You can't move stuff without the suit. And I was imagining like this really old beat up suit, like that they've been using it for years, but it still works, right? You know? That's awesome. No, it's like a dystopian future. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think that'll definitely be a thing where it'll be so common that you'll be able to have these older models that people are just using for day-to-day labor and stuff. But, no, that would um, be cool. And what I want to see is running. I want to see these things. Like I want to see a person running like 50 miles an hour in a suit. See, if we're getting into like mechs and stuff, all I really want to see is Gundam fighters. Like Pacific Rim. Yep. Gundam fighters like uh, okay. that'd be so amazing well you've That's... seen Avatar right oh yeah and you've seen that mech suit yeah that one's okay it, it's a little small it's too small <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess that's the problem with science fiction is that we always jump to the 300 foot robot and we don't take time to appreciate that little 15 foot robot well and I, I think it's science fiction because um this is getting really nerdy. If you watch a movie like Godzilla for a animal to be scaled up, to be that size, the bone density of the Godzilla character Uh would have to be significantly stronger. Insane. Impossible. Yeah. Because the, the larger the animal, the like the, the larger diameter the bone has to be or the denser it has to be to support all that weight and so like sure in science fiction it works but in real life he would 
the weight be, of his body would just shatter yeah. his bones. And so it's like, a, it's, I think it's the same thing with mechs and with like Gundam fighter stuff is like, yeah, we really wish these things were real, but I don't know if the science supports it yet. Well, have I got a surprise for you? <gasps> <laughs> well, not a hundred or 300 feet, but there is a 13 foot full mech suit that is functional. Hey, that sounds like the one in a uh, avatar. How tall was that? Yeah, one? it's it's much. Well, it's almost exactly like that. So oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. So literally, like same looking design and everything. Did they do rentals? Um. <laughs> yeah, just a few million. Yeah. So I was watching this video of this Australian guy who was trying it out. It's uh, it's a Korean company called Translogic. Mm-hmm. They have this 13 foot mech suit that totally works. So I'm watching this Australian guy try it out for the first time. And um, all the fingers move. So you can move all the fingers perfectly. So you can make a fist, whatever you can punch. It is super responsive. Like this, it's moving with his arm. Like there is no. Oh, lap. in real time. In wow. real time. Like it's. And uh, the amazing thing is that they don't use hydraulics at all. What? Yeah. So is it like linear actuators? There's a bunch of, well, I didn't really get into the design that much, but from what I saw, there was just a bunch of um, belts and pulleys like all along it. Oh, weird. Interesting. But that was just the legs. I'm not sure if there's a hydraulic component on the upper body. Not sure about that. But he did say, yeah, there's, you would think there's hydraulics on the legs, but there's not. Well, it, it makes sense. Cause like if they want to have like real time, um movement that's like mimicking your body i don't know if hydraulics can offer that kind of fidelity of movement and so like electric motors you can crank those things um yeah i'll have to look it up after we are done recording yeah i recommend to all of you to look it up it's it's really really cool um what's the company he was able to walk in it translogic translogic okay continue sorry i always interrupt you Oh, it's all good. Um, he was able to actually walk in the suit. And they had a, <laughs> he was kind of sketched out because, I mean, this thing weighs one and a half tons. So it's, uh, and it's all aluminum. It's, or it's mostly aluminum. So it's, you know, one of the lightest metals you can find, but still just everything that goes into it and being so huge, it's still one and a half tons. Does he still have Um, to focus on balancing and stuff like that? You know, I don't think he was walking it. I think he was just doing upper body because he, it seemed like he was just kind of more experiencing the movement of it walking back and forth, Mm -hmm. but he was able to control the arms and everything. Um, Because the Korean guy that they interviewed that is kind of the leader on building it. He's like, yeah, a lot of people want to buy this robot. But, um, and trust me, it looks freaking awesome. But uh, he's like, yeah, a lot of people want to buy this robot, but I just don't feel done with it yet. Like I have more safety things to do. I have more components to add. So yeah, we're not, we're not going to sell it yet. And he asked the guy, how much does it cost? And I would ask you, how much do you think it costs? 300 million. That's probably not a bad guess. Um, the guy that 
he didn't say the price, but uh, the guy that guessed, he said, well, probably like a high-end, like world-class uh, race car, like oh, one and a half million. And I, in my mind, I was like, dude, <laughs> no way. <laughs> no. Um, and the guy kind of laughed and he was like, okay, so you could afford half of one arm. So that kind of gives you an idea of like, okay, he's saying one and a half million per arm. Afford, well, he said you could afford half of one arm. So, oh, so three million an arm. Three million an arm. Three six nine twelve for the extremities. 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 Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Yeah. You can kind of guesstimate. I mean, fifteen million dollars. Yeah, maybe not three hundred, but yeah, I think you're right. Cheap. Like fifteen, twenty million. Yeah, it's, 300 <laughs> million is like brandishing around this kind of money. <laughs> 300 million is like it's only money that doesn't matter to the government, you know, like it's just everybody change. else it matters, but to the government it's like, oh, 300 million, that's it? Oh man. Yeah, 10% of that would set us up for life. Oh my gosh. Jeez. But uh yeah, go check out that mech suit. Right now all it can really do is walk and move arms. But I have faith. I have faith that, uh, well, the first thing I thought of actually was people, the first person that buys this probably will be a military entity and will probably start manufacturing weapons that are the correct size for this thing. Because that's just what they do. But So basically it's going to be like portable 50 caliber miniguns. Yeah. Yeah. And from what I've heard about mini mini guns, there's nothing really mini about them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've seen enough videos about them that I'm just like, whoa! They will turn people to red vapor. Yes, absolutely. Like insanity. So, yeah, I can imagine that type of future. And even the guy when he was in the suit and he was like kind of listening to the way that it creaks because it makes a lot of noise when it moves. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh man. I think that this is a sound that will terrorize many people in the future. <laughs> this is like the beginning of Skynet. Robots, yeah, marching down your street, and you're just like, <laughs> "That's them. They're coming." Yeah, that's awesome. But uh, uh, but terrifying as well. But can you imagine? I mean, think about what we were talking about towards the beginning of a, the episode, as far as prosthetics go, and just having that feeling you know, with your prosthetics. Now, what if that's, let's say your arm was just a port so you could unscrew your your current arm, right? Your biological arm. Well, not your, bi- let's say you don't have a biological arm from the elbow down, but you have a port there. Okay. You can plug in different things. <laughs> and let's say you so could- you're Inspector Gadget now. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> it all comes back to him. We yeah. didn't know, but he was the, uh, he was the, what do you call it? The innovator. No, but I was just thinking like, what if you had a, instead like a port and you could plug that into the mech suit, you know, and that completes mm-hmm. your arm. So now you're literally integrated into the mech suit or into an Iron Man suit, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. I have, I have wondered about that. So like, um we've talked 
in brief about haptic feedback if you because when you're in this mech suit or in, in an iron man suit you can't feel or you can't feel anything so right like if you try to pick something up it's going to be super hard yep to let not hard Spatial but I awareness mean like, yeah it's gonna be difficult so like if you had some kind of haptic feedback so that when you touch something you could actually understand the the dynamics of what you're trying to pick up and touch exactly that's what i'm kind of like like i was saying about those muscle pairs if you could integrate into a system like that mm, i see what you're saying yeah and you could port in like one way or another if it's maybe you don't need to lose your arm but there's some way to plug in with your biological arm to where you're getting those impulses because I can easily imagine a computer sending electric impulses from its limbs to your arms, stimulating your arms, you know? I wonder if you couldn't just do like something from Halo. Cause like if like, it's not a long time that it takes to go an electrical impulse to go from your arm to your brain. Oh yeah. Like nothing. But in Halo, they have an electrical circuit chip thing that he plugs into the back of his skull that, you know, Cortana, the AI that's paired with him, she can help those electrical impulses go. Wow. And so I'm wondering, like, why would you waste your time trying to port all of your limbs so they can control these things when you can just, you know, matrix, you know, into your nervous system, just plug right back into the the spinal cord thing man yeah it, it's it sounds so science fiction oh but, yeah but if we think about it all the pieces are there like if if you really look at it there's a if you look at each project individually you'll find little pieces and if you were able to combine all those pieces into one thing for one purpose or another you could achieve something really crazy. Like Mm -hmm. really really amazing. Like you combine the Iron Man suit technology with the haptics technology. So you can feel stuff with military technology and you've got something really dangerous, you know? So I don't know, man, I guess if you can't beat them, join them. (laughs) I like that saying. Because you know, there's no way we can compete with artificial intelligence or anything like that. But if we yeah. can become like one with the machine, if we then yeah. we both we need to benefit. get ahead of it. We have to be ahead of the curve, and uh, we have to be responsible before it's conscious. Yes, um, and it's funny that you mentioned you know thinking ahead and like in a nutshell ethics of what we're going to be doing because next week um, there's a, a large section of engineering discussion, but then there's the, should we even do this like ethics discussion? So it'll be interesting to see what you say. Yeah. For the discussion. I have, I feel like I already have my, I have so many opinions already. I want to just spit them out, but we'll see. (laughs) And, uh, We'll save it for next week. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, I just feel like, uh, like I've said already twice, but it's so true. Technology, it's coming closer and closer to us. It used to be across the room, used to be in front of you on the desktop. 
it used to be on your phone and now it's a part of you. Now it's inside of you. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you're just integrated with it. So I think that uh, we need to be safe with it, but we also need to like branch out and see the possibilities, you know, all the good that we can do with it. Yeah, so absolutely. That's my final words on the matter. All right, cool. Well, uh, you got any awesome recommendations? All right. So this has nothing to do with technology. Well, in a way it does. It's music. So, <laughs> okay. Um, guys, if you haven't heard of glass animals, I actually haven't heard of glass animals. So oh, I'm one gosh. of those people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're definitely a certain type of band that like, if you're not into hmm, what I say, like they're definitely alternative but getting so popular now that it's like an alternative is getting so popular that it's almost mainstream. Right. But, uh, their new album dreamland. It's, it's so cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. So definitely give it a listen. Um, it's definitely, it's the first album that I've heard of theirs. And it sometimes when you discover a new album, it makes you like a fan of all the prior albums just like automatically because you go back and you're like, yes, everything is good. So that's my rec. Go check it out. It'll change your life. Cool. Yeah. I just, uh, I just looked them up on Spotify. So I know what I'll be listening to tomorrow. Give it a shot. You will not regret it. And so um, my recommendation is also not super science and engineering related, but there is science content on there. And there's a lot of making stuff. And I feel like the more that you understand how to make things, the better you can design them, which is what engineering is. Sort of. Um, uh, If you guys know Mythbusters, one of the co-hosts, his name's Adam Savage. He was the kind of more exuberant one that wore all the costumes. He doesn't do Mythbusters anymore because it was canceled a couple years ago, but he does have a website slash YouTube channel called Tested. And he does all kinds of build videos and, um, you know, not right now, but in the past they've went to interview scientists and engineers and they've gone to rocket launches and they go to Comic-Con and they do a lot of really fun stuff and, um, I, I'm a premium member of their, you know, content. And one of the videos helped me finish. Um, if you guys are on our social media, you'll see that I made a, a rocket display of the rocket that I've been helping to build as an intern. Um, like what we talked about last week. And so I just like, I really enjoyed their content and I just wanted to recommend it to you guys that, uh, there is free content on YouTube, which is amazing and awesome. Um, there's just some bonus content if you want to pay like 30 bucks a year. So cool. Yeah. Adam Savage is a genius, man. I have, I love him so much. He's so cool. And I, I want to, um, what's funny. So I, I finished that rocket build today and, um, I posted it on Twitter and he actually retweeted the project. <gasps> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something that I made, Achievement he unlocked. looked at. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, he looked at and said, yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. I'm going to share it with everybody else. And pff, my whole brain is all over the wall. So That's how it starts, man. Get your foot in the door. 
Next thing you know, <laughs> we'll be his best friend. Yeah, we'll be his best friend. He'll send us all kinds of fun stuff and we'll send him all kinds of fun stuff. And we'll be best friends. And we'll go out to lunch and maybe he'll come on the podcast too. Oh, of course. He he also does have a solid podcast. Um, you should look it up. It's called well, Still. Really? I never knew that. Yeah, I I've I've listened to it. So I told you that I hadn't ever listened to podcasts and you told me to listen to our our ludicrous future. Yep. But I I lied to you. I have been listening to Adam Savage podcast, which it's got the coolest name. It's called Still Untitled. <laughs> and I've been listening to it. I used to listen to it on YouTube because I didn't realize that it was on like a podcast format. Um and it's just them sitting there talking together. But um, it is amazing. I love his podcast because they don't just talk about making stuff and science, but they talk about like some current events and they do, they call them spoiler casts where they like talk about a movie that came out that they all, they all watch together and they talk like all the kinds of cool stuff, like this scene, why it was important and um, what they, what would have been cool and that kind of stuff. So Sweet. lots and lots of content. I'm jealous if everyone, if anyone hasn't, been immersed in it so i'm gonna listen to that yeah yeah let me know what you think all right well thank you guys for listening um find us on instagram find us on facebook and twitter Mm -hmm. email us at knowledge drop podcast one at gmail.com and also i'm still going to be doing the uh the perseverance rover giveaway Yes. So stay tuned for how that's going to pan out because there's going to be like a do this and then you'll be entered in the contest. Yeah, you guys got to win that. That's it's freaking awesome. Yeah, so. it's it's a model that Jet Propulsion Labs they released the the CAD files for 3D printing a rover and it's like 60 70 pieces. And You're so like, I'm still oh. I'm still printing all of them. <laughs> um but it should be really cool. That would be amazing to have. So, yeah, guys, stay tuned for that. And uh, until next week, take it easy, and we'll catch you on the next one.